Boom! Coming in hot, Chitch. What's going on, brother? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Woke up strong today. Feel good. How you feeling? Oh, dude, I did your I tapping. Feel- I did the tapping thing. Oh, did you do tapping today? I did it this morning. I was like a little stressed out, and I did it. it there you go. It, I think it worked. Otherwise, it tapping just makes you concentrate on tapping on your face and not concentrate on all the shit that's going on in my life. <laughs> Bro, you got to go to the, ta- the Tapping Solution app. That's what you got to do. They give you little walkthroughs. Yeah. Like, There's another thing where they tell you you got to hug yourself, like... Do you do that thing? There's something where you like hug yourself. It's part of yeah, the yeah. There's a, there, yep, yep. That's in the book in a book called The Code of Joy. There's just like the I don't even know what's called the hugging meditation or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. It's legit. <laughs> legit. Is it legit? Give yourself hey. a hug every now and then, Chinch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. I, I agree. Hey, so there's you, there's way too much to talk about today. There's so much stuff going on. I know. We were just saying we're like, whoa. There's a lot of headlines today. But one big story that I'm looking at is Kershaw's 200th win. Listen. He's one of the best lefties this game's ever seen. One of the best lefties, you know, will be no doubt be in Cooperstown. Uh, just when you think the Dodgers, you think Kershaw, you know, you think Sandy Koufax, two of the lefties, best lefties of all time. And what's cool for me, bro, is, you know, I always like to think back, who are some guys I'm still playing with? You know, like Verlander's still there. And, and, and like, there's not many dudes that I, you know, they're still playing that I that you know, played play, against played with or played against. Yeah. And Kershaw is one of those guys that I never played against him in the big leagues. But in a big league spring training game, I'll never forget. I was my third at bat. We're in Vero Beach. I'm with the with the Red Sox. I go up to Dave Magan and man, who's this number eighty nine on the mound? Like <laughs> six six tall, drink of water, just like you know, elbows and arms, and just a big dude, you know. And, and they're like, I don't know who he is. And never forget when I asked Terry Francona what he said back. I'm like, Tito, you, you got to read on this guy. He's like. I don't know, Case. Looks like just a you know some rookie that they want to get some uh, innings for off the backfield. I'm like, all right, can't be that bad, right? Some rookie off the innings get to get some innings off the off the backfield. So, dude, I go up there first at bat, say hi, you know everybody. Boom, first pitch, bro, absolute missile launcher, outside black, 98, bam, strike one. I'm like, wow, that's, that's interesting. I'm like, that was nasty. So I'm like, some guy off the backfields, huh? And I look over, Joe Torrey's kind of giggling, Larry Bow is giggling. <laughs> next thing I know, next pitch, change. I mean, remember Barry Zito's hook? It was just like yeah. so filthy. It would, it would buckle guys, but he didn't have the same velocity, man, as this guy on the mound did. Mm. He throws me a hook, and I kind of buckle. Bam, strike two. I'm like, what? And I'm looking around like, that's two above average big league pitches. This, this guy from the backfields is working on <laughs> trying to get an inning from a minor leaguer. Next pitch, dude. He throws. He pays me one outside black. They call it a ball, but the next pitch he throws a ne- nasty hook. I don't even swing. I mean, I almost felt like it was an abusive situation. Like I almost <laughs> called social services on myself. Like we need social services here. I think I just got abused. You know, it was incredible. So next year, now I go back to the dugout. I I said Terry Terry Frank goes. Are you sure that's some rookie off the backfield? He's like, I don't know, man. But I'm just glad I'm not you. I'm like, yeah, you should be, dude. Anyway, dude. It turns out I, I found out the guy. I went and got the guy's name. I'm like, who is this kid? Because he's gonna be somebody one day. It's Clayton Kershaw. It turns out it's Clayton Kershaw. I was the first big leaguer he ever faced. So good. When I see Clayton Kershaw just climbing the ladder, I'm like, man, I wasn't wrong. Like this That's was so not good. some rookie off the backfield just coming to get some innings. And it turns out we one of the best lefties of all time. That is such a crazy story. You are the first professional big leaguer that Clayton Kershaw faced in his career. 200 wins. So that's an amazing story. Let's go into this. Is he a Hall of Famer right now? He doesn't pitch another another game ever in his life. He's a Hall of Famer. No, 100%. He's in in tomorrow. He's He's in in tomorrow. tomorrow. I agree. 
And that takes us to the second point. 300 wins, bye-bye. Nobody cares. It doesn't even matter. You're not getting 300 wins in this until something switches the way it's switched in the last 10, 15 years. 300 wins is not like... It's not even like it's the same thing. 500 homer club. It used to be like you need 500 homers if you're a slugger and you need 300 wins if you're an ace. That's not how the game... Or 3,000 hits. 3,000 hits. That, 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 that might not happen again either. Great point. Great point. Yeah, yeah with all the specialty. 3,000 hit, 3, hits is 200 hits a year for the next 15 years in a row. Do you know how hard it is to get oh. 200 hits in a year for 15 years in a row? I don't think guys are going to play 20 years like they used to, like the Hank Aarons, the Willie Mazes, all these guys. It, it's, I, I, just, I think you're right. I, I, like 200 wins is going to be starting to be the mark of guys that get into Cooperstown. But then the question is to go to your boy with the Yankees, like a guy like Andy Pettit. Mm. Doesn't he have 246-some wins? I think he does. I think he's in the 240s. He's one of the greatest postseason pitchers of all time. He's got, what, four, three or four championships. And we just kind of looked the other way. 256 wins for Andy Pettit. Okay, and, and, and an unbelievable postseason track record. Yeah, one and how about his – but, by the way, he's 256 and 153. <laughs> that's, and that's right. That's crazy. Now, Dude. granted, he's playing for the Yankees a lot of those times, but he was no, also but he also pitched in a steroid era. You know? Right. And and pitched great in a steroid. Yeah, you got to go back and start re- reevaluating guys. You know, I think the probably the one thing it's so ridiculous. I'm even going to say this, but you know what I'm going to say. You know, he had the elbow injury, and you know he, he admitted doing an HGH to try and come back, which you can get at that time. But whatever, man. I, you know, Andy Pettit to me yeah. he did it clean. You know, whatever. At the one point he does HGH. You know, I'm not saying that's right at all, but I'm saying. To me, this guy's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, everybody makes mistakes. And I think you're also or, right. Or at least you have to now evaluate him as a Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer, I understand. But you have to, you're going to have to start evaluating players differently moving forward. I completely agree. That's a great point. Also, when you made your point about uh, guys aren't going to play that long, they won't because they don't need the money. You make so much more money right. now. The reason guys did pitch for 25 years is because they're using that to pay their mortgage in the 50s and 60s and 70s, right? right? You know, yeah. it's it's hard. You know, backup catchers are making 10 million a year at this point, right? At, at, That's what I mean, dude. Look look at Hunter Green. Just got six years, 53 million. I'm yes. not saying he's not going to make a ton more, but also you start getting some money in the bank and you're smart and you save it. Like to play 20 to, to really get the Hall of Fame numbers we talked about before: 500 homers, uh, 3,000 hits, 300 wins. You have to play close to 20 years. Yeah, you have to be in, you've you got to be 17, 18 plus years. The money that these guys are making early on, that's going to be a factor. And the other factor is this, Chinch. These front offices are evaluating players totally different nowadays. Mm. I, heard from, I heard from one GM that they consider 27 now the prime years. Interesting. Back when I was playing, 30 was the prime year. Back when, so back when you were playing, 27 could be a rookie. You'd be a rookie call-up sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. And so think about these guys. They're not free agents till six years. So if these clubs are looking at them as 27 being in their prime and 30 as being old, you're going to start the, – the, the trends that you're seeing, like you're not seeing a ton of older players in the league anymore. So to get big numbers, you got to play – like I said, you got to – have these Machado contracts, these Harper contracts, these 11, 12, 13, 14-year contracts that you fulfill to get you to that 17, 18-year 18, 18, uh, mark. And 
there's not going to be a ton of guys doing that, in my opinion. I agree. I, I think that's a great point. Also, it's like the analytics have infiltrated all sports. Like, you look at football, Saquon Barkley's begging for money. He's begging for money. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL, but they've changed the evaluation of NFL running backs where those guys aren't getting paid. They're not getting drafted as high. Same thing in baseball. It's like you get that guy, get him there. You got him for five years locked up on his on, on your dime until you have to pay him. And, and and if you're a player now, you just you got to grind out those first few years, get good enough by the time you're like 25 so that you can have them you force their hand to, to blow out your five-year thing and give you that extra three or four years and get rid of the arbitration. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of analysis. There's a lot of lawyer lawyering that needs to go into these to, to having a really lucrative, legitimate professional career for longer than, than when you were playing. I think, I don't know. Oh, I agree, dude. Dude, I agree. And, and I go back to what we talked about the other day. I just want to bring it up again. Um, is, is the letter, I have, dude, I have it right here. It's an incredible letter. It's from Jeff Idelson in 2014. And I just love it. In this second paragraph, it says, you know, congratulations on behalf of the National Baseball Hall of Fame on being selected by the Baseball Writers Association 2014 ballot. Few people realize how difficult it is to make the major leagues, let alone play the required 10 seasons to even be considered for election to the Hall of Fame. Only 5% of all players drafted ever reach the majors. 17% of all major leaguers play 10 season. So 5% make it. Of that 5%, 17% play 10 years or more. And of the 18,000 players that have worn a major league uniform since the birth of the National League in 1876, only 1% have earned election to Cooperstown. That's it, man. You said it right there. That's incredible. It's incredible. That's incredible. Yes. So, it, you know, it, it's – and that's why I think Cooperstown's the, the best Hall of Fame because to get in there, you've got to really have some numbers and some longevity, and then you're matched up against the best of the best of the best to get an election into Cooperstown. Yeah, it ain't easy, man. I'll tell you one guy who's not going to be worried about money, and that's a guy named Shohei Otani. <laughs> 116.7 miles per hour home run in the Bronx. You know what it made me think of? It's like when Jordan used to go to the Garden. You know, like when oh, these yeah. guys had played in like all the smaller towns who were the biggest draws, like like Otani, of course he was going to hit a home run at Yankee Stadium yesterday. He just was. It's like there was an interleague uh, uh, game years ago. I, I actually went, I was at this game where Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds goes to New York during that right. whole that whole stretch. Of course, he was going to hit one into the seventeenth deck, and he did. When he goes yeah. there, that like it's like the great players go and show off to all the other towns. I, I, I mean, well, this guy's dude, just a freaking. You call him a unicorn. He's a unicorn. He's a, unicorn. He's a superstar, and, and superstars on the biggest stage shine. He shined. He, that's why you want to see this guy in the postseason. I want to see what he does come World Series time. I got to see Shohei Otani. We all do at some point in the postseason, because if we if what we saw at the WBC is any indication, it's going to be. Absolutely fascinating, unicorn-esque, like you said. But, hey, coming to New York, you know, we've been talking about this. It's all over MLB Network, all over everywhere. Judge Otani, Judge Otani, first at bat, bam, 116 off the back wall and an absolute bullet. (laughs) What these kind of guys do, man. When the the lights are shining the brightest, guys like Shohei Otani, they're the best. Yeah. Uh, Have you – so have you recently or – in the last year or two, analyzed his swing because first of all, he's tall. He's first of all, he's a lot bigger. He's a lot bigger than he actually looks. He looks like tall and skinny, but he's not skinny. He's he's built like a, a 
their superstar. Like athlete. this wide. Yeah. Yeah. So, his shoulders so. And wide. if if we remember when he came up when he when he first came to the big leagues like that spring training everybody's like oh oh this guy's not really that good he can't hit he had that weird like toe tapping thing what's your, like how do you how does Sean Casey career three hundred two hitter analyze a swing of Shohei Otani which looks different than very very many players in a big league. Well, well, do you remember? Do you remember another player we evaluated just like that from Japan, his first spring training? Ichiro. Yep. Okay. Remember, they're like, Lou Pinal's like, I don't know if this guy can play. He just tries to slap it the other way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this swing is going to work. Uh, 3,000 uh, hits later, <laughs> Cooperstown, here we come. Uh, maybe the greatest hitter of all time. We did the same, same thing with Shohei. You're right. He had that little – it was like a toe tap he had initially – uh, I, I can't. I have to go back and look at the swing because. But but I remember when he first got here, it was like a. It it, it was just. It didn't. It wasn't going to work. It was like, a, it was like a timing mechanism that didn't play yeah. in the in America. Yeah, it didn't play here. Yeah, exactly. But then he figured it out. I mean, obviously, this guy is the hardest worker probably in the big leagues. Changed his approach. He's still spread out. A little more rhythm to his swing as opposed to just putting his toe up. There's a little more rhythm, and the guy is so strong, like you said, Chinch. When he barrels it up, it, it can go anywhere, line to line. This guy, no park can hold him. Yeah. Can you imagine what kind of shape your legs have to be in to be able to go pitch like seven innings and then the next night? Then It's not even the night of the game. Like the next day, go out and hit third and have your, your core underneath you after throwing, after throwing as hard as you can against major league players the day before. Like he must be in... He's got to be in like in Olympic athlete shape to be doing this. Am I crazy? There's no doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, the, the first off, uh, when you're pitching, if you've ever seen a starting pitcher after he pitches, I mean, these guys look like they've been through a war the next day. They're they're sore. They're in the training room, in the tub. This and you lose your legs. I mean, that's the big bigger reason why these guys do so much, you know, leg work to try and you know keep their legs under them. Because they need that that push. So for him to just come out and be one of the best hitters in baseball with doing that, I mean, his he's obviously trained his body at an elite level to be able to pitch and, and hit in the big leagues at, at the level that he does. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's just it's great, great for the game, man. You, you know, yeah. remember you kept saying who's the face of baseball, whatever. Not marketable. We got the Otani's coming out soon, <laughs> but yeah. the game the game is in great hands. Like these faces. Of the baseball players are like the faces like back in the day when like when we were growing up, it's like you know Cal Ripken was baseball, Wade Boggs was baseball. That kinda went away when they started doing a lot more platooning and getting really into the analytics. They were trying to make it that there wasn't really a face of baseball when you're building the team. It's no, you should have thirty guys who can all play and in, in mix and mingle. No. I want I want a guy who I know is going to play 162. You don't get it in the NBA. LeBron James does not play 82 games. He'll play like 60, and you can go to, the, you know, go go to a basketball game on any given night, and the star isn't playing. These guys are posting up, and you want them on the field. You want you know when they go to Cincinnati and when they go to Kansas City, you want the the game to be shown off there. You want Otani's going to be in the lineup if you're Kansas City. You're paying 400 bucks for your two kids and your wife and the tickets and everything. You, you I, I expect that return, and baseball, I think, seems to be figuring that out and doing well with it and making sure, hey, get these stars, make them go. I want to see 150 to 162 if, if, if you're athletic enough, and, and it's, it's a good time for the game, man. 
I agree, man. I agree. And I think that's big. Your stars have to play. Your stars have to play. Dude, it makes me think of the whole live golf thing. You know, what happened with live golf? They started, you know, giving more money and then guys started saying, okay, I can play less and maybe make more and, and all that. And all of a sudden what happened? Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, these guys get together and they say, you know what? We're skipping too many tournaments. Our product isn't as good because we don't show up as much. Let's start showing up at the tournaments. The stars have to come out and the fans will stay with us. And I think that's a great model. Like you said, hey, man, Major League Baseball knows for them to be, the, the, you know, at the top with the NFL and the NBA and these other teams, their stars have to play. And the great thing about Major League Baseball is 162 times, you know, you and me are on this podcast. We get a chance to talk every night about stuff that's relevant because these guys are playing every night. I love it. Hey, you know what you should do? Like when Kershaw announces his retirement, like what year, if he's going to have one last year, you should come out of retirement and be the last batter he faces. <laughs> Just one at bat, one game. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it right now for free. <laughs> 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 one day contract for free. A nickel. Yeah. All right. Hey, you, you got a lot of stuff going on. Once again, yeah, by the way, what do you got coming up with your, your program? Make sure everybody's knowing about oh, that. Oh, yeah, Breakthrough Pro. Let's go, guys. Breakthrough Pro. Um, breakthrough Pro dash, breakthrough dash pro.com. Come, we got an un- unbelievable eight-week mental performance program. And we, th- we think take your game, take your mind and your life to the pro level. And, 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 you know, it's just an unbelievable program. So go check it out. Breakthrough dash pro.com. Come join JD and I, my buddy John Dennis. We're going to have him on the podcast here soon. It's our second run at it. Our first run was unbelievable results with with a, a lot of great people. So yeah. come join us. And by the way, it's not like Sean doesn't do anything half half butt here. You know, this guy's becoming like the biggest keynote speaker since John F. Kennedy, dude. He's <laughs> his, <laughs> case is getting after this. He's going to express things very well to you if you join this program. So you better it. you better sign up. It's good stuff. I love it. Anyway, all right, we'll go all get right, after that. You. We'll catch up. Great, hey, tomorrow, Joey stuff, Molinaro. Man. Joey Molinaro, If you don't know who he is, Google him or go on his Instagram or his Twitter page. He's one of the funniest dudes out there right now. He's like a kind of like the new breed of comedian slash social type dude. And he knows sports. He's probably going to ask you more questions than you ask him tomorrow. So check that out, folks. Yes. You cannot wait to hook up with Joey. That's going to be, he's got some unbelievable stuff out there too. So it's going to be a ton of fun. Awesome. All right, bro. Have a great day. All right, brother. See you, buddy. Love you. Hey, everyone out there, thanks for tuning in. See you tomorrow.